Hello, friends. My name's Tammy Simon, and I'm the founder of Sounds True, and I want to welcome you to the Sounds True podcast, Insights at the Edge. I also want to take a moment to introduce you to Sounds True's new membership community and digital platform. It's called Sounds True One. Sounds True One features original, premium, transformational docu-series, community events, classes to start your day and relax in the evening, special weekly live shows, including a video version of Insights at the Edge with an after-show community question and answer session with featured guests. I hope you'll come join us, explore, come have fun with us, and connect with others. You can learn more at join.soundstrue.com. I also want to take a moment and introduce you to the Sounds True Foundation, our nonprofit that creates equitable access to transformational tools and teachings. You can learn more at soundstruefoundation.org. And in advance, thank you for your support. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, my guests are Resma Menicum. He's joining us from Minneapolis. Bio Akamalafi, joining us from India, and Orland Bishop from Los Angeles. These are three black men who have joined together, and we're gonna be hearing more about this, to create a special event series. It begins in Los Angeles, June 24th and 25th, then later in September, travels to Brazil, and then we find ourselves in December in Ghana. This is the African slave trade diaspora in reverse. And we're gonna hear a lot more about this. Their inspiration, the origin of this very special Three Black Men tour. You can learn more about it at threeblackmen.com. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about our three guests. Orland Bishop is a lineage holder in the African Gnosis tradition. He's the founder and director of Shade Tree Multicultural Foundation in Los Angeles, where he has pioneered approaches to urban truces and mentoring at-risk youth using an approach that combines new ideas with traditional ways of knowledge. We have with us Resma Menicum, a healer, author, psychotherapist, master coach who specializes in healing the effects of trauma and the relationship between trauma, white body supremacy, and racism in America. He teaches somatic abolitionism and is the author of the New York Times bestseller, My Grandmother's Hands. And we have with us Bio Akamalafi, poet, philosopher, psychologist, professor, and someone who is passionate about the preposterous. <laughs> Rooted with the Yoruba people in a more than human world, Bio is a father, a grateful life partner, son, and brother. He's the founder of the Emergence Network, and he's a host of the online post-activist course, We Will Dance with Mountains. Resma, 
Bio Orland, welcome. Hey. Hey, hey, Very hey, nice hey. to be here. Thank you. Very nice Happy to be here. Sammy. Yes. Right here at the beginning, for people who are hearing about this three black men tour for the very first time, share with us how the three of you came together and how this idea emerged. Oh. Since, uh, really since, since Bio is okay. the, the oldest, he, he should probably go. <laughs> uh, this, okay, I will. I will, I can only offer a partial um, story of how this came to be. Um, I like to root it, root this project um, in history, but also out of history, that there is a sense in which our coming together is a, and I use the word in very specific ways, a prophetic assemblage, right? And, and by prophetic, I mean, that I don't mean to predict the future. I mean, there are forces beyond uh, the machinations of linear time that seem to have miraculously, I think that's a good word to throw in, into the mix, miraculously assembled and convened us. But if we're to speak about the historicity of our assemblage, then I would be um, offering gratitude to our dear sister, Victoria Santos, um, who had um, a nudging um, to bring us together, um, to convene us, to just have a conversation. I think it was around fried chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about fried chicken, but that led to something else. That's right, that's right, um, that's right. And we realized we wanted to be with each other. And our scholarship and our antecedents, our experiences, our intellectualism, our offerings found a home in each other's work. So we're here because of that and many more. Yeah. Couldn't said that any better. You mentioned prophetic assemblage. And one of the things I feel very deeply in tuning in to the Three Black Men Tour is this interesting convergence of past present being together right here right now being with you all of us who are listening being with you this moment and then the future and how all three time zones are converging in this very interesting way and mm -hmm. i wonder yeah. if you could each speak about your experience of that yeah. of the past present and future coexisting in your consciousness how you experience that yeah. Um, for, for me, for me, uh, I've, I've been writing for a while now and I've been writing and, and, and reading and, and sitting with people and documenting things and rereading and scribing and doing all that different type of stuff. And one of the things that has, has happened for me is that sometimes, especially with the material that I deal with all the time, the material around white supremacy, white body supremacy, um, uh, brutality, trauma, that different type of stuff, you can get, you can get very like um, jaded and tunnel vision about the intuition. And one of the things that I, that attracted me to this was, was two things. The first one was that Victoria had had experience with each one of us three individually and had been mentioning 
both of these brothers to me for a while, right? And I and and I believe she was doing the same thing uh, with 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 my two brothers. And um, so there had been this seeding that she saw or that she started doing because she saw how we were coming at this um, from different places, but the same, but but from but rooted in the same in some of the same type of of of, of ideas. And so for me, this concept, what I've learned from work from now being and loving and being around my two brothers is this piece around like the beginning, like the, 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 the past, the future and the present really is the nomenclature that we use in order for us to not deal with, be able to deal with the, the monstrous or the, or the traumatic um, um, or, or be able to sense, your, sense ourselves in ritual. And so for me, um, it, 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 this, this process for me has really helped me begin to uh, understand that there's other angles and other ways that I can learn from and be and be nurtured in, and uh, and it and, and I don't need to use what I've been using in order to kind of look at things and work with stuff. Resma, can I ask you when you use the word monstrous, because I know in describing the three black mentor, one of the billboards, if you will, is a conversation on trauma, ritual, and the promise of the monstrous. And mm -hmm. of course that got my attention. You know, you see <laughs> monstrous. I, I saw monsters and everything. And I was like, what's going on? What's the promise of the monstrous? Right, right. Well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let brother uh, brother Bio kick uh, into that because he has a a much better way of of, of working with that than I do. Um, I was I was looking forward to brother Holly speaking, but but I I could say a, a, a thing or two about the monstrous. In in my conception of um, the monstrous, I think of it as a gash or a crack in the road that. Oh that forbids continuity oh, right oh, oh. Uh, like like um a fissure uh a, a rift a metabolic rift that that is that is not a place of inadequacy but is a place of generative spillage and excessiveness right in in which um wendell berry would often say that the 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 stream, uh, the impeded stream is the one that sings. So this idea of an obstacle, an impediment um, that proliferates errancy, a strain away from the familiar, that is the monstrous. We often think of the monster, which is a cultural tool, a pervasive multicultural technology. Um, we use it, we use the monster in our stories to mark boundaries, right? Don't go here. This is where you stay, right? But there, are, there comes a time when we are invited to those edges, to those liminal borders, and we need to stay there, right? So we're speaking about prophecy a while ago. I don't think of prophecy, like I said, as a prediction of the future. I think of prophecy as monstrous, as monstrosity. Prophecy is a reconvening of time altogether. Right, it is. It's like a crossroads. It's where the past and the present and future are no longer resourced in the ways that we think about time, yeah. and and so they have to do something different. 
Uh right? Uh And so something spills from that place. And that is the source of exquisite novelty and co-becomings and new transformative potentials, right? So the promise of the monstrous is an invitation for us to sit with trouble, right? In those places that modernity would like to flatten and would like to... um, uh, efface, you know, modernity oh. is the effacement of thresholds. That place where the city would like to press away and say, no, nah, just keep on walking. It's a highway here. The invitation is to stay there and to sit with it. Right. Yeah, that's the monster. One more question about that. And then I, I want to bring uh, Orland in, especially in this question of the time zones, history future and where we are right now. But, you know, bio, I think of monsters as scary, scary. Mm -hmm. So when you say to sit with it, I wonder if you can address that, this response inside of, you know, that you could have used a different image for stopping and contemplating, but, you know, monsters sound scary. So sitting with this thing that we're afraid of, it brings up fear in some way. Yes. I mean, it's we, we live let me put it this way that we live in curated experiences that we mistake for everything else right um, <laughs> like we, we 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 have um french philosopher deleuze would, would speak about assemblages so we, we live in these assemblages or we live within these assemblages assemblages that um have heterogeneous networks of emotions and um, possibilities and bodies, technologies, textures. That's what we call modernity, right? We exteriorize or we postpone or we push out other kinds of feelings like fear and stuff like that. But the thing is, in order to produce different kinds of realities, we need to ally with new sensitivities, with with new bodies, if you will. We cannot use the same materials, to put it in Einstein's way, to fashion novelty. So the monster is, is appropriately scary, right? And But it's only scary from the point of view of a stable, modern, civilizational ethic, right? It's scary to us because we have been habituated into the city, into into the familiar, into noticing bodies, ableist environments, like this is what it means to be proper. This is what it means to be human. And then something shocks that, right? It's it, it's not inherently scary, but it shocks our senses. And this shock to the sense is the invitation to novelty, to newness, to transformation. That is why transformation is disabling. Yes. <laughs> Right, right. We cannot walk, you know, all the stories, the Aphrodite spiritualities are about people transforming into the more than human, into birds, into something different. The 1803 Igbo landing, they flew into birds, right? Fugitivity, the great dismal swamp, right? They they hid their bodies. They, they, they put mud on their bodies to hide away from their masters, right? So all these things are about becoming monster, like... That's the work. We need to align or ally our bodies with the more than human, with the more than familiar and the scary. And maybe in doing that, we might happen upon new senses. Orland. If if I may add just one more point to this monstrous 
characterization. Um, it has been observed and actually been shared that police officers in the United States, when they see a young black man, they see a monster. Yes. They've actually said it. That has caused the death of these young people because they could not reconcile what the souls of a black man carries as future. They prefer to kill that person than to allow the future to emerge with the living body. They've actually described it. They thought something scary was going to happen. This is in the psyche that future is actually scary and people want to normalize reality to the degree in which we avoid dealing with the complexity that the human life is bringing into the world, particularly black men. The idea of calling this, these gatherings uh, three black men is to actually highlight yes. the fear that if two or more of black men gather, something is going to happen. Yeah. And it's yeah. not going to always happen in the best way for society. Yeah. Right. This is to correct, actually to create a pedagogy that Come if on. you can look at three black men meeting, you would see the oh. sacred. Oh. You would see the complexity of history and future simultaneously converging. And it actually represents the kind of sacred hospitality that we want to demonstrate, that we can actually bring men together and it'd be peaceful, it'd be harmonious, it'd be musical. It could be tributary towards a higher aspiration. And the monster could be welcomed into the world. Yeah. 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 So that the, 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 the psychology of fear does not keep propagating this kind of violence against those whose souls are monstrous because we have to actually demonstrate a kind of miracle for this world for the psyche that have uh, suppressed and avoided seeing black men clearly for who we are. This is time that the veil be removed and the monster be let into society so that we reconcile not the monster, but the fear that we have allowed to inhabit our psyche for so long. Most heroic journeys used to be monstrous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People used to risk death to be initiated. Mm -hmm. But to walk through the streets of America and be killed as an initiation is not just anymore. Yes. yes. You can't be on your way home and die. That is not acceptable because you carry the monstrous in your life. That is not anymore allowed to happen. And we want to open up a conversation about the soul and the future that a soul must host. Mm. So that the the repetition of this horrific mistake of projecting upon black men, the biggest fear is not going to allow us to get past this um, tragic circumstances. Oh. 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 I mean, I'm just going to add something to, to that as well, um, um, to that altar of, of insights from my big brother. Oh, no. um, I, I, I grew up in the city in Lagos, Nigeria, and that meant I was cut off from some of the very rich African Yoruba traditions 
that I read about, um, but I was too educated to <laughs> experience. <I> was, <laughs> my, my education meant that I was uh, closer to the United States than to my own context. But I was still alive to stories of the masquerade. The masquerade mon is a monstrous figure, right? The masquerade is, is, a, is a refusal of coherence. Right. Oh. If I, there's no way I can describe it except a refusal of coherence. And when the masquerade dances into the public, oh, the, 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 you, you don't stand in the way of that. You right. don't like, you don't like say, give a high five. You don't, you, you comport yourself in a way that acknowledges that something profound here is happening. The masquerade could whip you, the masquerade could, could beat you up. But you just let the masquerade be because everyone knows that you don't kill the monster. Yeah. Because to kill the monster is to kill the way out, is <laughs> to yeah. kill novelty, is to kill possibilities. You yeah. inhabit and ritualize and ceremonialize the monster's passing, right? Oh. That's what modernity does not know how to do. All we know how to do is to pathologize the monster, to get rid of it, you know, to, to put it in an asylum, you know, to say, this is where it stays. But the thing here, as Brother Olin said, is how do we make space for that? Because until we do that, we're stuck here. That's exactly right. I want to add a piece to that. When I hear my brothers talk about the monstrous and the fissures, and that he, he Brother Bio said a thing earlier, and it put it, 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 this thing in my body when he said it. He said, dash, dash, like the, 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 the slice, the, 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 you cannot proceed anymore. This, you, there must be a stoppage of recognition. And I think in terms of the work that I do with Prava, this idea of people coming to get help, to get over something, is 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 solidified as healing in the in 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 this uh in, in modernity the, the better you can get over something the healthier you are to be in modernity right and what brother uh bio and orland are talking about is this idea of metabolism understanding importing bending pausing working with so you can see what emerges from your interaction with the monstrous. It is not a getting rid of. It is not an annihilation of it. It is an understanding of it. So you, in, in any understanding of it, you will have to bend in order to understand it because modernity has made it so the way the alignment is to stand up straight and deal with it and go right for And when we're talking about the monstrous, that's not how that works. The monstrous does not like, like, like working with the monstrous, giving room for the monstrous. It does not work by just having a stiff upper lip and moving through it. Conversation on trauma, ritual, and the promise of the monstrous. I wonder if you can say a little bit more about ritual and what creates a ritual space 
and what kinds of rituals help us, quote unquote, metabolize trauma? Yeah, there, there are different qualities to, to a ritual. Most rituals are centered around meeting the basic needs of people first. So societies organize themselves around being able to meet the needs for uh, well-being. And then there are rituals that have to do with transitions, different stages of life, birth, death, marriage, societal agreements, rituals. And then there are the sacred ones, the ones that have to do with changing the threshold, meaning there are times when we outgrow what we have lived. When we outgrow, when when we, 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 if we keep waiting for the 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 um, next phase without allowing some space in consciousness to be open, this is kind of the the initiatory threshold. We know the personal levels, but in a societal ritual, when we delay, like things like truth, justice, equity. You know, uh, these things accumulate in as deficits in our shared imagination for realities that we're supposed to be um, co-creators of. And when reality appears finished to the degree in which we say there's not enough to share, this is this is uh, uh, this is where rituals have to be considered. What is the ritual of creating abundance? What is the ritual of creating? Uh, a space for uh, deeper inquiry for our own capacities to care for those who are in need of our attention. And so part of our, our focus in this ritual is the attention to aspects of society that we have marginalized and we say we've pathologized to be the ones that we need to shut away. And this is the ritual about welcoming, reintegration, and guiding and walking with people towards their sacred truths and, and finding out what, is, what are the needs along the way. We're not saying we know everything. We know, we know the nature of ritual is to look at the needs and see where it could be met. This is, this is uh, and there are different levels of competencies that we could support a person to find the, the way of ritualizing their life, which is, means that they must be in time with their soul and spirit and body, because the will needs both and all of those things to be able to articulate its, its true purpose in the world. And our, our, our conversation so far is really about even making relationships with each other that's that's a ritual that we, we yeah. just enjoy sharing with each other our own journeys. But imagine oh. the people who've never had someone give that kind of attention to them, or, or space, or, or space. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they have been told something is wrong with them. Uh-huh. And this is a ritual of inclusion. These gatherings is about including the the areas of the collective journey and highlighting them all the way back to places where we were extricated and forced into um, forced labor for some other reality other than our own. And so that's this, the, 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 the area of ritual that I think 
um, we have already begun to, to point to what is time showing us? What is time showing us? We, we, we know we are at a critical point in time. We cannot keep uh, saying it's not my responsibility. And so the, we're ritualizing the collective call for everyone to play some part in the exercise of holding something from the profane everyday need to the level of the sacred, which has to do with the survival of this whole planet. Oh. We are in a ritual and it's, 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 it, it needs to be discerned to the level in which who plays the part to understand how to carry our time. For me, the term, the term ritual, if if you just if you just go with the term ritual without understanding that ritual has the, the, that all terms have a communal ethos to them. They're not just you say ritual and everybody nods as if you know what you're talking about. But when we're talking about ritual, we're talking about it, talking about it from a particular mooring, right? We're not talking about ritual as in rope, which is a very close connector to ritual. We're not talking about automatic. When we're talking about ritual, we are still talking about the monstrous. <laughs> We're not talking about just giving people three Hail Marys and, you know, and, you know, we're, we're talking about an exploration into places that were places that you've already been to and the places that you know well and the architecture that you know so well, you know that so well that there is no more room or growth in that area because you know it so well. The only room and growth is in the area that you refuse to tread. That's the, all of the growth is in the places that you have been unwilling to go to. And when we say that, we're not saying you just need to get up and go do it. We, we're very clear that when we talk about ritual, we're talking about nibbles, nibbling. There's more than enough charge, more than enough energetic nutrients that when you nibble on it, you don't need to gorge on this stuff. You can nibble on it. Pull back and notice and, and, and allow your body time to begin to metabolize the stuff that if you gorge on it, it will overwhelm you. And so for us, ritual is really about holding a container that allows people to be walked with in a manner that, that they can begin to notice emergence from a um, vibratory sense, from an image sense, from a meaning-making sense, from a behavioral and urge sense, from an affect and feeling and emotionality sense, from a sensate perspective, as well as an imaginative sense. Those are all intelligences that we have been cut off from in the, in, modern, in, 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 in modernity, right? We can, we can use things that were once maybe sacred, 
that have been contorted and moved and used. And now the actual function of them is to bypass the monstrous. So we use yoga to bypass the monstrous. We use religion to bypass the monstrous, right? And it becomes a rope thing. We just go right into it. We say, oh, you're Christian. Okay, blah, 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 right? But what we're talking about is how do you begin to build the stoppage, the bends, the pause in as ritual, as opposed to as, as Brother Bio said, screening over and keep going and there's nothing to see here and there's a highway that which people used to live there and it doesn't matter because we're modern and right that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about ritual in that way um i'm i'm, I'm just learning and i i need to emphasize this that um tammy that this is our monstrous assemblage of brothers, it is not a finality. Is is not a we're is <laughs> not a project of mastery, right? We are we are feeling too, right? We're feeling our way, even through our own inquiry and questions. We're we're touching each other, and we're learning from each other, and we're unlearning from each other, and so we're inviting people into the space of co-learning together. And, and maybe that already speaks to the idea of ritual as this participatory um, idea of how things come to matter, right? Um, you know, when, when people speak about ritual, they probably speak about it as a once in a lifetime thing, right? Something that happens once in a while, but everything is ritual, right? We are constantly in ritual. There's nothing outside of ritual to eat, is ritual to 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 go to the toilet is ritual we are ritualizing and being ritualized right even when we don't see the world in that way but i'm sitting with this question that brother Orland, and this is why i spoke about co-learning here and i asked uh, what what happens when when we um when we outlive we grow bigger than our lives so to speak mm. like what happens then What's the ritual for that? And, and then I, I wrote that down just now. And I, I heard myself saying to myself that that's where the crack is. That's where, that's where something outside, so to speak, something parabolic passes and breaks the ritual. And then the invitation is experiment here. This is where, this is the space of generosity and generativity and experiment. I can my you're shaking the ear off your head to it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right, this is the space of generosity. This is where you experiment. This is where you play. Because yes. in the, the rituals are not there yet. Yes. You, 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 this is where you play with stuff. And, and so this is, this is an invitation to play. This is an invitation to experiment, to create, to co-create together. I'm, uh, you, you asked about trauma a while ago. I could go on a whole spiel that my brothers would beat me up about uh, later on when they, when they see me. So I'm not going to go on that tangent. But but there's a there's a beautiful story about the emergence and evolution of the concept of trauma, and how it's rooted in modern civilization, and 19th century trains, and the creation of time zones and accidents and insurance companies. It's a it's a very very uh, interesting story. But but. 
Trauma, I want to emphasize, is also ritual. Trauma is ritual. Trauma is how bodies are ritualized and, and stabilized within modernity. Trauma is not just an experience, it's a politics here. Right. Right. And, and there's a sense in which um, modernity puts trauma in this family way, a cyclical family way where it it creates the conditions for healing and healing creates a condition for tra for trauma and trauma creates the condition for healing. And then it's just this algorithm okay. of repetition. And okay. now what we're looking for is the crack, the bridge yeah, that brings us it. out of that economy altogether of yeah. trauma and healing and trauma and healing and trauma. We want to break out altogether. And the only way to break out is to become monstrous. There yeah, you go. that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. There's a piece that I want to, just drop in here. I've been reading and being coached by a sister named um, Alisa Garcia. And Sister Alisa, she's actually going to be with us in, in, in LA. And um, she's a wonderful artist and singer and, and, and poet and everything. And one of the things that they have been really kind of, I've been just watching them and how they work with stuff. They talked about this thing, uh, uh, this uh, these cells called the imaginal cells, right? The imaginal cells are these cells in um, in creation, but particularly in um, in uh, in caterpillars, right? Where if you took a caterpillar, so one one of the things that that they said recently is the job of the caterpillar is to resist the emergence of the butterfly. The very job of the caterpillar is to resist the transformation, to, 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 to hold on to what it knows until something cracked, <laughs> right? And if you, once that caterpillar goes into metamorphosis, if there is a point in time to where if you crack that cocoon open, all you would see is mush, muck, right? And the modern, the, the, the eye, the modernity eye would look at that and go, this is nothing. This, this muck has absolutely no value. Why would anybody even pay any attention to this muck, right? And, and that I would be absolutely wrong with what's actually was happening in that cocoon. Because what was happening in that cocoon was both what I call the precipice, was was a point in time happening where there was both decay and nurturance and balance and equilibrium at the same time. Mm. And, mm. and so often the modernity tells you that shouldn't happen. There's you should that's 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 not healthy. And that's you need healing and you need to do more yoga. You need to go to a meet, right? Like that's what, what the, the, that's the way the modernity looks at that cocoon. But 
what we know is that the imaginal cells are doing those both creational things at the same time, decaying and tearing down and nurturing and metabolizing and creating equilibrium at the same time that the thing is happening, that the fallow is not delayed. And, and, and at some point, something else emerges. The, we see that cocoon as demonstrous. It is necessary. It is important. It, is, it has its own time. And to look from the outside, to look from the outside and not understand the blackness within that is, that is transforming, that is emerging, that is doing something means that you, your modernity may look at that and just crack it open and see it as nothing. And that's what Brother Orlin was saying. The black man in this current structure is seeing the, 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 the imaginal cells within him is seen as nothing value. That is not a problem for the black man, the black body, that is literally a problem for the structure. The structure is so, is so powerful, it doesn't have to look at why it needs to cut that open, why it needs to extinguish that body, why that, that the function of the Black body is to either give service or die. I have a, a question here from inside the caterpillar that doesn't want its job. I don't want to become a butterfly. Gosh darn it. I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. And yet we find ourselves at times we have outlived something, whether it's a structure or a set of ideas or the framework that, and, and even hearing a conversation like this or coming to an event like the Black Man Tour or whatever we're coming with in our inner life that's happening where we're clearly in a transition, but we don't feel we have the inner resource to move to that next. I mean, Bio, you talked about it as generative and generous, and I thought maybe, and then, but it could also be uh, an inner crisis that doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel generative and generous. In fact, I don't know if I've got it. To, to make it through. And I'm wondering if you can talk to that person who's in that space with whatever uh, breakthrough they're in the breakdown part. Can I step in for a second, brothers? Just for a second. That, that, that idea of having, of, first off, of looking for a breakthrough is, is actually anti-creation. Like what we're talking about, when we're talking about the blackness, we're talking about uh, the caterpillar and, uh, and resisting. What we're talking about that that is part of creation. That's not that's not an inconvenience to creation. That is literally part of creation. We have been structured so that when that happens, we look for a way out. We look for that should not be happening to me. I should if I if I'm going to come to a place where black men are talking about these pieces. I want to be in a place where I can handle it. You don't fucking get that. That's not what you don't, you, you don't have the things communally and you don't have the things individually to be able to hold these pieces because that comes on the, on the back end, not the front end. 
the pieces that you need in order to be able to actually contend with some of these pieces, don't you will not because the constructs don't allow for you to, 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 to have those pieces. So what I say to people is, this is why we say the pieces around, around nibbling, around container, around communal, because you will, if you are really about this life of becoming a transformation and understanding race and understanding trauma, understanding the monstrous, if that's really what you're about, there is no safety net. There is, there is only, there's only communing with other people as you go through it and noticing your limitations and how your virtues literally hide your limitations. The resistance of by the caterpillar is not a, is not something to be extinguished. The resistance is just Part of what is needed in order for the bends to happen, in order for the questions to happen, in order for the caterpillar to say, should I just drop off of this damn branch? No, I'm going to hang on just for one more second. I'm going to nibble on this for one more second. And let's see what emerges from that. As human beings, we always want to come to something like this. We want to come and say, I want to make sure I'm safe. Well, you don't get that. I don't get that. That's not the bargain of creation. The bargain of creation is to go into the blackness. Learn the pieces that you need to learn as you're going through it and see what emerges, but and do it with other bodies. It, it, it might come through truthful for some to say, I don't know how. But it is at that point one must relinquish the authority that you carry in the world. And to presume that you don't know and you still want the authority to carry weapons, <laughs> to carry whatever, it's where you know we're calling the society into a question of what is just. There are times when, when we come to this place, and it's a place of humility to say, you know, I've outgrown the capacity to manage the positions of authority that I was given. And it's time to relinquish it with common sense, asking who could be in service now. Oh. The, 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 the society must alternate leadership. When elders mature the capacity to carry, then we let them move into the position. But to want power without allowing the monstrous to guide you is dangerous for the person themselves. And for the society that leadership then um, expresses itself. So part of part of we can look at the individual, but but part of our work is to is to look at the society at large and say there are people who have sh been showing their talents, and there's no occupation for it. <laughs> there are people who have been 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 protesting for some basic truths and rights for life, and there is no justice for it. So part of the the the, the idea, if if the society is going to be a butterfly. 
we have to actually have good judgment, good discernment, and good in a certain way relationships with trust to say, who could lead this forward? People who create, first create music, not anything else. And if we look at the histor historical creation of music in this country, we will see the butterfly. We will see the butterfly, what Black people have been giving as a sensitivity for the whole culture to trust the creative acts that have been maturing. And it's not that it's 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 any overthrow of any power of, of authority in any case. It's the saying we could add to the beautification of the world. We can add to the humanization of the world from the feelings that sustains our lives, the feeling of this tension. And was Brother Resmo is saying to keep hanging on to some hope that maybe for some other day, we'll get a chance to fly. The day can only be true if others are saying no more oppression, no more denying that I, it's my right to govern or my right to enforce or my right to secure. These are relational factors. And, and the butterfly as an analogy to, to, to the, the collective soul of a, of a group of people, uh, we all know that we can help each other be better. We know that. So why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we saying, I need you to be able to be myself? This is, this is a critical step in the tension between the chrysalis and the butterfly. Yes, the tension. The tension. We don't, it's, it's, we don't it's want a, the tension. We don't want the tension. <laughs> but this is this is a not just a natural, it's a supernatural factor. That's exactly because right. Human consciousness is actually hosting something far more creative than what we have already lived into. And this tension between past and future requires us, requires the human being of our time. And yes, welcoming all the inspirations from these other beings who show us how to be with nature and the future when they live out their life. Something dies and then something is reborn. Thank you, brothers. I, I, I want to come at this this way. Um, of course, drawing from the strands of our conversation and using that beautiful um, figure of the disappearing caterpillar, if you will. Um, and, and I think there is a term for the unproductive, non-instrumental goop uh, or soup called imaginal cells, right? Um, uh, and I think our problem, or, or rather, we fall into this habit of beginning analysis with the individual. And so it gets really sticky from, we start with the individual and the individual salvation and the individual's experience. The, the prime mover, if you will, is the individual. The fetish of modern civilization is the individual. The fetish of white modernity is the individual, the dissociated self, right? So the self that has been cut off from ritual, from movement, right? The movement that precedes the I that moves is not part of the analysis. 
But once we start to bring that into the equation, then you can understand how resistance is part of the material for novelty, right? <laughs> you can start to understand um, how even our attempts to push it back is just exactly what the, <laughs> the, the new condition needs to thrive, right? Because it's not the individual acting, it's an assemblage acting, right? It's, it's an ecology that is acting. It's a field, it's a territory that is breathing together with, with that um, situation. So um, I, I often tell the story of, uh, I often tell the story of uh, the, the trickster that traveled with the slaves. Brother Orland knows this one well, and Brother Resma knows this, one's, this one well as well. You know, the, the, the Yoruba trickster God issue. And I think Tammy, we've spoken about this some other time, um, travels with the slaves across the Atlantic in the slave ship, right? This is one of the stories we tell in, in Yoruba land, in Nigeria, in West Africa, that even capture, even that colonial vessel of capture had a stowaway reality, Whoa. had a, had a sneaky, you know, unaccounted for figure that, that was domiciled and hiding in it. That oppression is never complete and all by itself. Yes. It's, it's never fully total. You know, you, you could come with your boots and with your flags and with your anthems and with your colonial surveillance technologies and stamp your presence. But even in that, you're creating the very conditions for your upset. You're creating the very conditions for your own demise, right? So there's no totalizing form of containment that is not already inhabited by the trickster. That's, that's it. When we're, we're living in times of leaders and heroes and all of that, you know, but, you know, this is what, these, these are the themes I'm diffractively uh, uh, composing from listening to my brothers here, that it seems that, you know, beyond the leader, beyond the, Semino figure who has all answers. There, there's a different need in this time. There's a different need. Um, there's a shift of the gaze, a power shift, so to speak. And this is the moment for the trickster to come in and upset those binaries and create something different. Yeah. Beautiful, brother. Beautiful. 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 This conversation will be happening in quite a bit more depth, two days in Los Angeles, June 24th and 25th. That's the beginning of the three black men journey. You can join on the 24th for a black men's gathering from 10 to 5. And then on the 25th from 10 to 5, it's open to everyone. And the event on the 25th will also be being live streamed. You can learn more at threeblackmen.com. And to hear a little bit more, tell me why you decided to structure it this way with one day for black men and one day for the general public. And if you will, what this prophetic assemblage, the hope might be if that's a reasonable thing to put out for each of these days. Resma, Orlin, you want to go on this one? I, I, the, 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 the intention was actually a gift to say, 
um, if we are together, when we, when the three of us met to host the space, we did not leave out our grandmothers, our mothers, our sisters, our friends. We didn't leave out the, the world community that we have always appreciated how they contribute to who we are. But it, it was the same. If we are together, can we find the level of dynamism, this, this, this monstrous goal? Can we actually allow it to come as close to us as possible by being ourselves? Oh. This, was, this is the, the first day with Black Men. It was ready for us as well. Because we have to inhabit something that is far more everyday um, challenging to be with in a society where, again, if two or more like us come together, there is some conspiracy for something. To, 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 to trust that it could be that in some people's minds, and yet we know the truth. And to give this same expression for, for, for Black men, or men who identify with their bodies in a world in which they need to have this time. And it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really is a gift. It's really is a gift to ourselves and each other to ceremonialize the fundamental agreement that puts us in a category of choice to say, we're going to choose this as our way to be with each other. It's, it's, it's not just a projection. We're saying we're choosing who we are and who we are to be for each other. And let that feeling come in, and then we host the larger community. For me, to answer this quickly, um, the day without the white days, G-A-Z-E, the day without the days of white folks looking at us, is a day that we can be intimate with other Black men without that gaze um, being so prominent. And what does show up in the room in terms of internalized white gaze and alignment, we can work with it in our own production. Um, so for me, it was, a, it was about a level of intimacy. And then once we got that, once, once I got that, got that nutrient, <laughs> that got, got nurtured by that, then I was I, I knew I would be better able to serve another group, you know, a, 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 a larger group or group of their types of bodies. But I needed this first. And, and, and maybe I will add this. Um, um, my my spiritual intellectual tra traditions, the traditions that nurture me, which are still ongoing. Um, compel me to say um, that I, I don't even think, I, I cannot think that of blackness as reducible to identity. I, I don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm of the Yoruba people. For, for, it was shocking for me to learn in the, in, you know, not when I was young, when I was quite older, that the Yoruba people did not even they, they did not christen themselves Yoruba. Yoruba, the name Yoruba is not a Yoruba word, right? It's, it's, it's from the stranger, right? The stranger, oh. 
gave, oh, those are Yoruba. And then we were actually named by the stranger. This is why I invite people to mispronounce my name. Right? Oh. I call it the gift of mispronunciation because we are constantly in exile. And exile is not pathology to us. We're diasporic, we're a diasporic culture. Right. We're constantly traveling. Our work is to travel and disseminate. And this is the reason why the Ifa culture or the Ifa tradition is such a vibrant Afro diasporic uh, force, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the world right now. And this all leads me to say, you know, that there is a sense in which, um, and I'm speaking through the voices of CLR, James, Portens, Spillers, these Black scholars, Fred Moulton, that Blackness is not about Black people. Blackness is about arrangements, right? Arrangements, or what Brother Olin might even call agreements, and what has been lost, and the possibility for newness, right? But, but there is a gift in convening even within those um, cartographies oh, that have been traced out. There is, you know, because you, there, how do you define a black man, right? Like, how do you define a black man? Um, but all of them might have something to say about it that might be different from what Resma says about it that will be different from what I have to say about it. If we're going by visuality alone, I'm the blackest of the three. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty black. I'm blackety black, um, but 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 you know, these definitions and identities are roaming and migrant just as well, right? So there isn't a, there isn't some pure concept to arrive at, right? But that doesn't mean that we cannot convene around yeah. those, yes, around those, um, even those scratched in the ground definitions that might shift, right? And I have to say as well that, you know, we, we, in how I language whiteness, for instance, is not reducible to white bodies as well. I, 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 I wouldn't, I don't reduce whiteness because I think whiteness is an arrangement. It's a posture, right? It's a posturing. Nigeria is the largest conglomeration of black bodies on the planet as in a nation state Westphalian order, right? But we are very, very, and I say all the time, to comical effect, we're pretty white. Well, because our posture, our posture is, we need to look like New York, we need to look like London, you know, how do we catch up? It's a catch up imperative and it's not unique to Nigeria. It's invading most of Africa. We cannot see and identify ourselves and, trust ourselves, and I'm not speaking as, you know, universally, of course, this isn't universally true, but there is a pervasive sense in which we lean forward to the Eurocentric as salvific and messianic, right? In that sense, we are co-opted and we are, we are enlisted in the reinforcement of white stabilities white coloniality, a real estate project that enlists bodies in how it comes to matter. So the white gaze to me is the gaze of the familiar, is the gaze of the neurotypical, is the gaze of the neurotypical, is the violence of visuality that insists that this is how a body is. When bodies are tentacular and masquerade-like and doing more things than visuality, 
can notice. Bodies are diasporic. My name is traveling far beyond your lips can articulate. <laughs> so mispronounce away, but my name has traveled beyond the moment, right? So, so it, the, the, I don't want to say, re reduce it to reason, but we're staying with that moment when we convene um, Black men, however troubling already, or already troubling it is, stay with that moment. When we convene Black men, we're staying with possibility. We're staying even, and we're imploding definitions, right? And then we come to a place where Blackness is a trope of generosity, of radical hospitality. And we're saying, everyone come because you need to be here, right? Because whiteness isn't working for you as well, because you're on top of this pyramid. And when you're on top of a pyramid, it's very lonely. There isn't space to be around, but there's space here in the cracks. One thing, Orland, that you said that stuck with me, maybe you'll find it surprising, was when you said the first creative act is making music. And I think I found that surprising because during the whole first half of our conversation, I had the experience that I was listening to music, listening to the three of you talk together. I kind of felt inside my body, this is what it feels like when I listen to really good music. And the question that occurred to me is, I'm curious how you each experience your sort of inner instrumentation, if you will, or vocalization or inner music, what that's like for you as uh, individuals who are now playing, creating music together, what that's like for you. Hmm. I have had the experience from being with these brothers. And it's interesting that you just couched it like that, because ever since I've been starting to meet with these brothers, one of the ancestors images that keeps popping up for me is Miles Davis. Um, he keeps popping up like like and it's just a quick image of him on stage with the with the trumpet down. Um, and that's been ever since I've been uh, uh, we've been talking and convening with each other, that image has been coming up. And I I I I, I believe that the the vibratory languaging is that we are we are jazz. Like we are, we are, we are doing this, this jazz thing with each other. Um, and uh, and I'm doing it with Cold Train and and the only monk and and, and 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 you know what I mean? And we're doing this thing and we're and we're playing these pieces and we're playing. That's the that's the thing about about good musicians and good artists and good people who do things well, at some point they find a way to play, get back to the play. The, 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 the resistance of the caterpillar resisting a butterfly is a form of play. And so that's what I kind of see. I see us as, as, as like this, this kind of jazz trio that's doing these things and then we look at each other and we catch each other and I go, oh yeah, I like that shit. I like that shit. Yeah, like right there. You know, oh yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, you like to do this, right? That's what I kind of see us doing. And this whole experience, this thing that we're doing with each other in LA, that that's the way it is. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a jazz. Yes. 
And, and that's the, the the arrival space, the jazz level. But there was an there was a progression. So from the from the the Negro spirituals, as they were called, those who mm-hmm. were, those labor songs, mm-hmm. in which they had to invoke from the earth a kind of sanctuary to create sanctuary in the slave plantation, to create sanctuary in the spaces where there was so much violence. The only way it was to create a kind of guardian over the sense perception that you don't live in the terror all the time. Music was the the trickster again, giving compassion to sense perception, teaching it how to survive not to live within and and develop certain kinds of codes that then were transmitted transmitted in the music, building a a consciousness field of of relatedness. So when someone hears the song, they're comforted. And so there were comfort songs and, and progressively a pedagogy in it that strengthens the will even the civil rights movement had its songs yes. to, to accompany the risks that they were taking to prepare the psyche to have certain kinds of visions and determinations. By the time we, we got to jazz, we're getting to the level of a kind of improvisation, the capacity to overcome the patterns of oppression oh. that had to be learned and negotiated, but Music is actually a prophetic space, preparing the human perception to adapt. Mm. And who doesn't like jazz? Who can, mm-hmm. who can who, you know, all souls, whether you're black or white, what you know, get the motivation of it. Yeah. Which is yeah, to yeah, step yeah. out, step out of the habit of predicting what may come next. Mm-hmm. And just listen and create the listening as you listen to create the the anticipation of a certain kind of freedom, to appreciate something that the other one will, you prefer the other one to play it than you. Uh So Uh this is just, just, you don't compete. That's right. You create something and give it to someone else to add to it. And it moves. This This is civilization in its potential becoming. Yeah. yeah, and and I think what 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 why why these beings who who has given us such great music are being felt now because they're the elders of a culture. They're the elders. They're the ones who prepared the 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 capacity to be to be a host for the creativity that will come from all of our struggles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. This this is this one overwhelms me because um, I I don't know how to every time I write um, I I write with music um, uh-huh. I, I think with music um, so that it's become impossible for me to think of myself as an author right like as a separate I that composes words that's a very neurotypical assembly assemblage. Um, who, what comes first, the singer or the song, <laughs> right? Is it the singer that produces the song or the song produces the singer? In a very powerful sense, speaking about the musicality of this project, there, there, and this is how I want to see it, um, there, there is a sense in which, you know, this is rippling and simmering and, and bebopping and bouncing with 
multiple beats and rhythms, right? I'm hearing hip hop here. Hip hop yeah. is here, and hip hop is hip hop is hip hop is LA. All that's that's you know, we went around it. to the origins of, of right. hip hop, you know, to spots, and we're marking territories and we're that's tracing it. out histories. That's hip hop, and hip hop. Everyone, I think everyone knows the history of that. Um, it's samba in, in yeah. samba yeah. in Brazil, right? It's yeah. the it's the yeah. rhythmic refusal to be part of the surveillance state, right? That's How samba true. developed was in hideouts. Where, you know, oh. sitting in Rio, and then the soldiers will march past and request, you know, black bodies to show themselves, but yet they will be hidden in, oh. in Pekina, Africa, you know, the oh. little Africa, uh, and, oh. and they would compose these seditious, scandalous beats that yeah. came to be uh, as samba. And this project is also Afro beats. It's Fela yeah. Anikula Kukuti oh. inviting people into the <laughs> spiritual underground. Oh. Saying, hey, like I, I don't want to be part of the human rights. I'm an animal. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Almost like, like take away your human rights. You know, take that's one interpretation. Like, take away all your human rights. Like, how dare you invite me into that space as if you invented what it means means to be human, right? It, this is these are the resonant and dissonant uh, uh, rhythms that are coming from this. Um, assembly and informing our movements together. Bio Akamalafe, Orlin Bishop, Resma Menicum, three black men together in Los Angeles, June 24th and 25th. The 25th event will be live streamed and open to the public. You can learn more at threeblackmen.com. Before we end, I just want to throw it back open and at you any final comments you'd like to share anything coming through i'm just anxious to to, to get to la that's 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 the only thing i got <laughs> the invitation is to bring is to bring um uh humor to this as well i want to add the, the humorous part we, we want to be able to, after this, really have a good laugh about the things that happen. Not, not just to just kind of, you know, the community ends with this kind of celebratory space. We, we, we really want to invoke the sensitivity towards not taking all of this so seriously that we leave out the, the fun of being human. The, 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 the kind of, um, it's a reflection where friendship replaces all the power dynamics. You know, there's so many powers that we could all pursue and have and dream of, but the, 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 when we leave a space as friends, it's the most amazing gift. And uh, we've been cultivating our, our relationship <laughs> Every moment we get a chance to organize, we actually build on something that we both all need to, to from each other to be able to have that. And uh, there, after the, some of the calls and time spent, there's so much beauty to reflect on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and uh, I need this from my brothers. I need this from my community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
all I'll say is let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, 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 let's let's get let's it. Eat. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, it. Let's joke. Uh, Resma has been into Resma. What's it? The dozens, right? this is storytelling at the edge of the mind that's it that's it, it. Yeah, it that's like, it. it's it's like at the edge as things flail and dissipate and and flow into the ether there is a kind of work that is present that is embodied that is um both grounding and releasing and expansive that that is that this is an attempt to experiment with. And I cannot think of any other person I would rather do this with, any other persons I'd rather do this with than my elder brother. On elder. I knew I was gonna do that. I knew he was gonna do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I would just say as well, Tammy, this kind of hospitality, this space where you, this forum, is it is yeah. is the example of the kind of relationships we 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 want to, in a way, honor. Yes. That that is it's not just an interview, you know. This yeah. this is a hospitality that I think it's time that we all share. So thank you as thank well you, for hosting Tammy. us. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you thank all three of you for your deep hospitality and welcoming of me mm -hmm. and the Sounds True audience. I have tremendous gratitude pouring out. Thank you. Thank you. And if you'd like to watch Insights at the Edge on video and participate in after the show Q&A conversations with featured presenters and have the chance to ask your questions, come join us on Sounds True One, a new membership community that features premium shows, live classes, and community events. Let's learn and grow together. Come join us at join.soundstrue.com. Sounds true, waking up the world. <laughs>